anyway, before we get into that, uh, I'd like to welcome everybody to another episode of your favorite podcast, the Fellas Five Podcast, featuring the one and only Warren, Kev, Chris, Rio, and myself. Yeah. Uh, so before we get into today's topic, which is going to be uh, black anger slash black rage, or you can call it uh, blanger or brage. Um, <laughs> let's uh, do a shout out. Uh, see how everybody's doing and check in. We'll start uh, clockwise on my screen. So that's Mr. Young. Hey, everybody. Um, what's going on, folks? I am A-OK. Today was another good day for me. Um, had some stuff to do. I was uh, working out this morning. Um, yeah. Yeah, trying yeah. to get my life back in order. Um, Fit Warren, let's go. Uh, <laughs> see if we can find, see if we can find that brother. Um, yeah, but no, I'm I'm feeling good. I've been uh, productive, starting some stuff for my uh, summer. Have some some work stuff coming up in the summer that I'm prepping for now. So I'm feeling all right. I'm in a good space. So thanks for the check in, you. No doubt, Chris. Talk to me. I'm good, man. Happy to be here with you guys. Um, I also work out four times a week and y'all see my house moving a car to sack. Uh, I could not run, run around a circle one time when I first started working out. Now I can do it three times in a row. So I'm getting ready for this, uh, this 4k or 5k we're doing. So trying to work up to that. I know we agreed to this, uh, this thing that me and Quan didn't agree to, but we got outvoted. Um, that being said, I'm trying to get, get my, get my mind right. <laughs> get my cardio up. Uh, so we can do this uh, this 5K, um, but you know, just trying to live healthy, trying to be here with you guys a long time, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited. So that's dope. Just trying to live, live a long yeah, time. Yeah, yo, class that's, for that. That's here. Like, yeah, that's super cool. for that, brother. Let's go, Chris. Yeah, let's go, Chris. I only yeah. run from dogs and danger, but I'm running now, you know. So I'm trying to I only run from dogs and danger. Yeah, dogs and danger, okay. bro. Okay. Cap, can I get a uh, can I get a, a Magic Johnson yeah for Chris? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love y'all, it. Y'all dumb. I love it. Yeah. Uh, Rio, Rio, what's good? Um, stuff is good. Uh, you know, well, Chris is running around circles. I'm putting my miles in every day, getting yeah. ready for Broad Street. Um, I feel real good about it, and I. I can say, again, this is going to be my sixth year doing it. I probably haven't felt this good, like, at this point, like, getting prepared for it, like, ever. So, like, I feel I feel really good about it. I feel really good about it. Um, and, again, this one is probably going to mean a lot to me coming off of that injury and not being able to, you know, do anything for two and a half years. So, like, this one, yeah, this one's going to mean a lot. Well, once we actually get out there and get it done. So I'm excited for it coming up. I'm excited. And I've I've just been hyped with all like the training and everything I've been doing to get ready for it. So um yeah, good stuff. Okay. Good, good, good to hear. Chance Chauncey. My brews and, and listeners. Um this is good stuff. I, I, I too was in the gym today. Um hey. So it's been nice, you know, um, trying to get back into some semblance of uh, of shape, not the round kind, you know. Um, and uh, what else? Coming back from a a uh, 
what do you want to call it, an outing, I guess, to um, to play some Quizzo. Uh, my lady and I have been doing that every once in a while, and uh, yeah, we won. We had two two straight two two in a, two wins in a row, and then tonight we uh, we came in third. It was a little disappointing. You know, <sighs> um, we played well, but um, you know, teams teams had better answers today. I don't know what to say. You know, um, <laughs> but um, but nah. Overall, pretty good, man. Like Blake, Blake started flag football last weekend, and uh, the highlight was that um, they uh, first game ever, right? Like I'm a big, huge football player. Um, not like I'm a big, huge guy or that I was a star, but I love football, love the game, and um, you know, played played basically until like this summer, where you know now I'm kind of like, all right, I'm getting old, have been in the greatest shape, so it's not as it's not as much fun. Like you play a couple games and you got knee injury, you know, all that kind of stuff. So so now it's the natural passing of the baton but like you know he wasn't ecstatic about football he was more of a soccer guy and he finally jumps in to play football just learning their first games at the link so i'm like wow you know what i mean like we just signed him up we actually signed him up a little late he's you know he's in the soccer soccer season ended we missed the first week of practice and he plays at the link and it's like this great thing and like you know we're running routes in the backyard and he's uh he's really embracing it like he has a lot to learn but um, it's kind of fun to see your kid kind of do something that was like one of your passions. And it wasn't even me that kind of encouraged him to do it. He's just kind of like, Dad, can we go throw the football? Like, can we do this? Can we do that? It's like, all right, yeah. So it's nice to see him kind of embrace it on his own. So um, so I've, I've enjoyed that this week, um, got to say. And, uh, yeah, so spirits are good. Um, and looking forward to today's conversation. Um, Mr. King, how you feeling? I'm good. Um Today I had a day off, so I got to spend some time, extensive time, with my family. Um, I got to have a little date night with the wife. Um, we went to go see Morbius um, in a in a very very empty theater. It was very nice. It was one couple and another couple, and that was it at like four o'clock, which was very wow. again. Very nice. Um, was it good? Eh, I mean, Marvel yes. Marvel has been criticized for its origin stories, where it's like the hero is just like the villain, except for the villain is like bad, but they have like the same power levels and like similar costumes and makeup. You would have thought that, you know, they might have changed that, or at least known that going into it but no it's the same thing so it's not that it was bad it was just kind of predictable and then just kind of it felt like there were moments that were taken out or edited out but i mean it's is it worth a watch or i hear batman is, is kind of similar it's like worth a watch but it's not like you know groundbreaking or anything like that um so i give it i give it one watch it's not a multiple watch kind of thing uh, uh, terrible. I mean, I I tend to be a little more uh, generous to Marvel movies. I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little biased, so I don't want to just say it was trash. But yeah. I thought Batman was definitely worth the watch, bro. You what know, the, if you get to it, would you watch it more than once? Yes, have the meaning to get okay. back. It's just that you know Blake dominates my schedule, and it's uh, it's a little it's a little too dark for him at this stage. So it's kind of like when do I go back? But uh, but yeah, I thought I, Batman was, was worth it. Like literally dark. Literally dark and dark. Like the Riddler, the Riddler's character was like, yeah, a little, a little much for a seven-year-old. Yeah. Not not Jim Carrey. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. 
speaking of, Sonic 2 came out today, so in case anybody wants to relieve their childhood. Um, anyway, uh, so. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch it. Gigi's I've, in love. She's in love with Sonic. She loved the I first one. She's in love with him. Yeah, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to watch it. Right. It was decent. I'm not going to lie. It was decent. Um, all right. So today's topic. Um, I've been thinking about this idea for some time now. Um, I've struggled with exactly how to frame it, but it's this concept of like black anger. Like are, are we as black men allowed to be angry? Um, you know, can we be angry in public? Can we be angry in private? Oftentimes I feel as though there are, um, ramifications, I'm sorry, repercussions for displaying it. And as a result, we oftentimes don't. Um, I hear a lot, especially with kids, you know, being somebody that works in a rec center, you know, young black boys are constantly told you have to learn how to control your emotions. You know, you can't get so upset. Um, and it, it just got me thinking that, you know, um, is it that black anger is a threat to like America as we understand it? Um, or, you know, what are some, some constructive ways that we can health healthily appropriately um, express our frustrations or our disappointments or our pain, um, our trauma. Um, and I don't know that there's an answer, but I think it's, it's a worthy conversation. Um, there are five of us. We've all been through different levels of experience, experienced our own traumas. We're all on our own individual journeys. Um, and I'm sure at some point we've all you know, had anger, had frustration, and we've also had to bottle that shit up. We've had to like stifle that shit down, push that shit in, not talk about it, keep it to ourselves, figure out how to move forward or how to redirect that. But is it ever appropriate? Is there ever a place where we can actually let that shit out? that's the conversation I kind of want to have with you guys. What are your thoughts on that? And see where it goes, see where it takes us. Naturally, this kind of lends itself to, to Warren being our, our uh, mental health kind of person, but we all have experience in this. So I like to hear from everybody, especially Chris too, because Chris is the angriest of us all. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Feel free to jump in. Whoever I, y'all know I can go, but I'll, uh, I'll go, I guess, since I was the one to laugh. But, um, you know, this is a good topic. It's, it's something that we've kind of touched on a little, but maybe not d- dived into um, to give it the appropriate platform. So, you know, it, it, black anger, and, and as a black male specifically, we don't get the, the freedom to kind of express ourselves in a way that perhaps other Americans is what we're talking about. People in the U S have the ability to, um, and it's something that we learn either from observing like older folks in our family or from observing media, um, 
you know, if there's a situation that upsets a black man, you are taught to bottle it up, um, show restraint, um, not not react to it, kind of just swallow it, suck it up. And um, and when those things happen over time, um, and you continue to do stuff, um, you know, eventually the back the back burner becomes full, and those things come to the forefront. And most of the times, when when that that cup is overflowed, um, it comes out in a way that um, is shocking or scary to others. And then there's this whole perception that's created around black anger and, and black men. You know, you don't want to be the angry black man. There's a whole stigma around being an angry black man. And um, you know, it goes back to actually um, James Baldwin's quote: um, "To be black and to be in America is to be walking around in rage almost all the time." paraphrasing but that's pretty much the quote and there's enough things in this country that you know impact us in a, in a way that um i'm not sure other races um feel you know and that, that starts from slavery to jim crow to segregation and all that um police brutality um things in the workplace so you know, black anger is, is, is broad. It, it, it touches a, a bunch of subjects. I'm, I'm sure we've all experienced it um, in certain ways. You know, even when you're a kid, you know, don't act this way in front of those white people. Don't go in here and, and do this and do that. Um, there's a time and a place, you know, we've all heard these various sayings that kind of tell us to put stuff on the back burner um, and maybe not feel as much as you should feel um, and, and not you know, in a way, it kind of dehumanizes you in a way where it's like, you know, I'm not allowed to emote um, in a way that my peers may. And um, it puts a lot of stress on you, a lot of pressure on you. Obviously, there's this stigma, which is getting better. It's gotten better the last couple of years, but there's a stigma in the black community anyway um, that we don't, you know, you don't talk to um, mental health people. You don't talk to a psychologist or a therapist because it's weak. Um, and that's been beginning to be broken down a little bit, but growing up, it was definitely seen as soft. And, you know, those people who needed to get, get help, if you will, weren't seen as mentally tough. And it's exactly the opposite. You know, being vulnerable is, is a form of strength. You know, this is a separate topic, but hand in hand is like black strength. Like, how are you allowed to show your strength? You know, cause you can't, you're not really allowed to show it in an imposing way, right? But like, you know, when things happen, for example, Jawan Howard, the coach at Michigan University, um, University of Michigan, um, basketball coach, um, we still don't know what was said, but at the end of a, a game, a basketball game, a white coach from the other team, an assistant, said something to him. He reacted. He pushed him. And um, it was a big deal. And, um you know, he got suspended for a few games. It was this big national outcry. And um, in that moment, he wasn't allowed to show the anger. Now, we don't know what it was for. There's a whole bunch of he should have did this, should have did that, should have blah, blah, blah. And, of course, we have the Will Smith and Chris Rock thing. We, well, you know, that's been overdone. But going back to this one, all these different uh, Jawan should react in these ways where, like, a couple weeks later, um, they're in the tournament, and an opposing player, a player on the opposite team, just lost a tournament game. I'm not sure if this player was a senior or if he was just sad about the season, but this player's distraught. He's crying. And um, 
Jawan embraces him and gives him a hug and lets him cry on his shoulder and just lets him know it's going to be all right. That's a, a, a showing of strength, whereas like just a couple weeks ago, it was anger. Same black guy emoting two different things where often we don't get this, you know, we don't get to see black men have that ability to, to do both. You know, you're not, normally you're condemned, but this time it was like, it went from being condemned to being celebrated. It's like, oh man, that was really, really awesome that he embraced that kid and let him cry. Um, so I know that's two separate kind of things, but in the same sense, like, I don't think black men are expected to, to, to show emotions positive or negatively. And um and that has an impact on us going down the line. Um and I'll I'll pause there, but um definitely have experience with it. Um definitely have seen it on both sides. You know, I am a a uh what we would call if it was if, if I was a white boy from the south, right, I'll be a hot blooded American, right? That's how they describe it, a hot blooded American. Um but if I'm a black man from wherever I could be seen as a problem. Sometimes I'm, I'm passionate. Um, I'm very, I'm highly competitive. Um, You're a threat. And I, and I could be aggressive in terms of if we're playing the game, I'm going to win, right? Like that kind of aggression, but that can be taken the other way if out of context. So like you might see me competing. I might talk trash. I might call you all sorts of names. And then five minutes later, I'm like, yo, let's go grab a brew and get a slice. Something like, you know what I mean? Um, I'm allowed to be that person in a competitive sense, but like soon as that game ends and perhaps for some people, even in the stands, if you know, there were stands for, for recreation stuff, but uh, why is he acting like that? What's wrong with him? What's he doing? You know? So there's that parallel where, and I, I don't, I don't, you know, the origins, obviously, I don't know if that's slavery or, or if that's just racism or, or what, but there's that black people are there to perform or seen to see these performers. And when you take that, you know, when, when act director says cut, you have to leave all that stuff there. And now you're just like a, I don't know what to do. You're, you're at, after that show of emotion, like, you know, if I'm playing football and I hit somebody and, I say, ah! and I'm yelling, I'm like, cool game over, leave it. Like you got to go and become like the most vanilla. Maybe that's the best description. You got to go be vanilla over here. Like, I don't want to hear no energy from you. I want you to say yes, sir. No, sir. Mm-hmm. Answer these questions in an interview real regular and then go back to, to selling me Coca-Cola and, and, and hot dogs. You know what I mean? Like, that's um, that's how I feel things are. I'm, I'm going to stop there. And, and Chris, you got a question or a hand up. Now, you, you said something in uh, Tom Brady. Um, he's, you know, he talks a lot of trash. He's, you know, he's fired up and, and he's, he's crazy being passionate and being competitive, love the game, but, uh, a black counterpart does that. And, you know, obviously they say, you know, he's maybe a bad sport. He can't control his emotions, stuff like that. So that's the parallel that I, that, that kind of came to my mind when you mentioned, you know, like if you were a white guy, you'd be a, you know, red hot American, whatever, like the same thing happens all the time between sports. Tom Brady, he's passionate, he's competitive, loves the game. Take anybody else that's black that has that shows the same type of uh, competitiveness or you know um, fire. Oh, Odell, they seen. Thank you, Odell. He's bad. Th- thank you, Quam. Spot mm-hmm. on. And he's seen as being like you know you know <laughs> bad attitude stuff like that. So that's all I got. It's one of the just sort of things that did come to my mind. So that's a great example. Like one, and I'm gonna let somebody else talk. I'm sorry, but like another football when it comes to mind, like Brett Favre was a really passionate player, and they always describe him with this 
youthful enthusiasm, right? Like he would run around, celebrate the touchdown, get in your face. Oh, he's he's exuberant. He's youthful enthusiasm. When a black person does it, there's a showboat or they're trying to intimidate the other player. Like it's this whole other right. connotation on describing the same emotion. Like I'm passionate about this game. I love this game. Nothing that Brett Favre has done is wrong, but I should be able to emote those same emotions and be categorized in the same way. Um, but yeah, I'll stop there and give somebody else a shot. But, uh, I'm going to hop in real quick. Um, the Jawan Howard thing you talked about, Kev, that, that kid played on the same AAU team as his son. So he actually like knew the kid for a long time. So when he, you know, when he saw it, it just kind of like kicked in as like, you know, like a pop almost. Like I, I know that you hurt and like, you know, it's cool. Like I'm here, like you're going to be all right type deal. So um, that's, but that's a great example. Um, and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because that was one of the things that, that triggered it. Right. It's like, I, I remember in that press conference, Jawan Howard specifically saying like, you know, I didn't like how things happened and, and I was, I was upset and I just needed like time. But then people just started getting in my face and I'm like, yo, like, don't touch me. Like, and, and as a, and as a black man, it's like, in that moment, he's not allowed to be upset that they lost the game or upset at the terms or the circumstances in which they lost the game. He's he's supposed to be that professional like immediately. Like he can't even, you know, get the opportunity to really process that process whatever he's trying to process. He can't just be upset and angry. He has to like, you know, be this professional and set this example and do all these things immediately in that moment. Uh even if he's provoked, even if his if he feels as though like his personal space is being infringed upon, he can't even like you know, stand up for himself and say like, yo, like, don't touch me. Don't impede me. Like shake my hand. Let's keep it moving. There's, you want to talk about what happened? Send me an email. I'm not interested. Like he doesn't get the opportunity to do that. Um, so thanks for bringing that up. Cause that, that was definitely one of the things that really got me thinking about that, uh, about this topic. Also, um, there's a the show on Hulu called woke. Um, and, Long story short, it, it deals with a, a cartoonist who um, never really tried to pay attention to social issues and things that were going on. And um, one day is um, wrongly accused of a crime um, and like gets uh, assaulted by the police. And in that moment, then he realizes, you know, he becomes quote unquote woke and all of these things that he has tried to ignore and tried to pretend like, you know, weren't really issues and were non-existent now are like really thrust into the the forefront of his mind. And it's done in like a very colorful and, and comedic way, but um, kind of in that moment um, that it happens, he's completely disoriented and lost and confused. Um, you know, clearly it's a mistaken identity, but his roommate who is, you know, who is white is like, flying off the handle like screaming at the police while the police are like tackling you know his his black roommate um and he's clearly upset he's over the top angry and the police are finding it capable to show this restraint however the the main character who obviously is an african-american male is being tackled and like treated roughly and has literally done nothing like it's completely oblivious to the situation. And so the series kind of follows his, his, his processing of what's happening. 
um, and him trying to get through and understand his emotions and his feelings about all these things. Um, and I think it was, it's, it touches on the same thing. It's like, he's upset, he's angry, he's frustrated, he's all these things, but then he feels this innate need to like keep all of this within and like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. It's cool. No, no, no. I get it. Whatever, whatever. And that's kind of frustrating. Um, the, the Will Smith, Chris Rock thing uh, from, from both perspectives and I don't, I'm not going to dive into it, but like Will Smith was upset, but he shouldn't have done this. Chris Rock had reason to be upset, but then he didn't do this, but people were like, well, he should have. It's the same argument. Like both of them were upset. Like they were frustrated. They had experienced something that they weren't happy with. And yet neither one of them were able to adequately express that in a in a healthy manner um and we'll see the fallout as a result from that um i also when kev when you talked about press conferences i remember back to cam newton when he lost the super bowl and people really took offense to how he acted in the press conference despite the fact that there was it was his mvp season all the pressure in the world you know it was his first time going to the super bowl and they just kind of laid an egg and he was very frustrated and he was upset, but he couldn't sit there and just be upset. He had to somehow emote this professionalism and appreciation for the moment. He couldn't just be like, no, I'm angry. Like I'm mad. And then right behind me, behind this partition, you got Aqib Talib talking all this shit about me. Like I'm not happy. Like, can I just not be happy? And we see that a lot of times with professional athletes. We saw it with LeBron James when J.R. Smith made a mistake and the the reporters are asking LeBron James what was going on in J.R. Smith's mind. And he's sitting there trying to process everything that happened, not throw his teammate and his friend under the bus, but at the same time, try to be professional. But he's upset and he's angry and he doesn't get the opportunity to adequately process it. So he just ends up just walking off. And so... You know, we look at those kind of instances. Um, I, I see in the city now, um, because there's an inability to really have conversations, to adequately process and, and, and speak on things, people start acting on things. And it's it, it's like there was a time where like people were just wouldn't fight you. But now we got rampant gun violence all over the place. You know, we just had in the city two kids like an eighth grader and a 13 year old like murdered like the same day like i it's crazy and you know one scene had like 60 shots or something like that at it like over i don't know um but on, on a personal level you know i've i've been in you know prior relationships where you know i've i've been told like i can't yell you know, if we're having an argument, if we're having a disagreement, you know, I can't yell. I can't get so upset. I can't get angry. Um, and, and in doing so, it would somehow have this this traumatic effect on my partner. But at the same time, my partner was allowed to yell, even hit or spit, you know, destroy things that I had. Like those reactions were justified and fine. But I couldn't even yell. I couldn't even, you know, raise my voice because that was just, oh, I can't. That is too much. And it's it just seems to be that there's this there's this thing, right? 
you know, we, we can't. And I don't know, maybe it's maybe the the fear is that on some level after generations of this, it'd be righteous. It'd be justified to let that anger out, that frustration, that, you know, compounded, compacted, you know, generation of trauma. And the fear is like what that ha- what then happens, you know, every time there's a, a riot, pearls are clutched and they're oh, my God, this is the end of society as we know it because black people are angry. And it's like, well, I mean, it's just angry. Like I've seen people I literally watched two competitive people play a game of basketball, got it very heated to the point that they were ready to fight. And a minute later, dabbed each other up like, yo, we cool. Like, it was, we just got heated. Like, these things happen. So, that's kind of really all I got for right now. I don't want to go in a direction just yet. But I did want to kind of lay more of that framework. Kev got some great examples. And like I said, I think we all have some stuff that we can share. So, whoever wants to go next, feel free. Um, I'll throw in a little bit, I guess. Um adding on to this again because we kind of tied sports to this um to this topic and i can speak personally like i guess that those emotions that you speak of that um you know not really having a, a specific place to to release or outlet them that's what sports is for me like all those emotions, like, and it, and it's been like that since I was probably about eight or nine years old. And I don't even know, honestly, I don't even know how it became that, but, um, yeah, like any, any, any type of frustration or any type of, like if I was angry or, or upset or anything else like that, yeah, the first thing I wanted to do was, was hit the courts. Like I always wanted to. Um, and then when I didn't have the ability to, yeah, like I was, I was put in a position where I had to suppress because I really didn't. So part of it was I, I didn't know, I didn't know how to even properly express those emotions. Um, I didn't know how to properly do it. So like they may not even all be anger. Like they might have been like disappointment. Like they could have been hurt. Like like they could have been so many other things. But the only way I knew how to express them was in like in anger or like some type of um ferocious manner like i don't I, I didn't know any other way to do that like i didn't know how to just like be sad like i didn't know how to be sad and express sadness i didn't know how to be disappointed and express disappointment so it was kind of like it was like a funnel it was like a funnel like all all the feelings come here and they all get pushed and go out the angry tube like everything goes out there um so it was a lot of misplaced anger but it was never misplaced on the basketball court. Like on the basketball court, it was received as passion. It was, it was, it was received as like being an intense player. Like, like it was funneled in. It was like, to me, it was all these negative things that I had in me. I was able to get them out. And then they were expressed in like a, they were dis they were described in like a positive manner. So, um, I'm trying to figure out where I was going with it. I don't, I just, I just know that being as though that was the topic and I, and I sports was tied into it. Like 
sports plays a huge part in my life when it comes to that. I mean, I'm I'm a, a lot better with that now. It's 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 that's not a hundred percent my outlet, but it it still it still does exist. Like it still does exist as like a form of therapy. Um for yeah, for for I guess for certain emotions or feelings that I, I I don't quite know how to get out and I can get them out in that manner and I feel like it's constructive and it's it's still positive. Like I'm not being detrimental to myself and I'm not being detrimental to anybody else at the same time. Um what you got, DZ? Do you um do you feel like you were able to like get it all out when you when you were on the court? Like all those feelings and emotions, or do you feel like sometimes you leave the court and you still had like like you still had more in the tank? You know what I mean? Oh, sometimes yeah, yeah, definitely. Right. Yeah. Definitely when I was younger too. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't always it it didn't always solve everything. Like I didn't always leave like hooping, like relaxed. No, I I I could take some off the court. Like I could take some with me off the court. Mm. I could get some from the game and, and, and take that and take that home. Like if I played bad or, you know, like I, I didn't do my part or again, like if we got jerked by the refs or something like that, like I I would take that and that would get added in. That would get added in in the funnel somewhere. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. But I, the, the, the crazy thing about that, though, is like listening to, to everything. Like I can't think back to when that became the thing. Mm-hmm. Like in my brain, I feel like that's something I've always done, but I, I, I can't be like, I, I I know I didn't innately just start doing that. Like something had to occur for me to start doing it. I, I, I think that's weird. Like now that I'm thinking about it, mm-hmm. like, yeah, like as early as I can remember, like I said, it's about like, it's about like eight, it's about like eight years old. Like I've always, like I've always done that. And like, for the most part, it was hooping, like running became in. I didn't I didn't even start enjoying running until I was like 30. <laughs> I hated running. Like I thought it was the worst thing ever. So, yeah, I can't even I can't even attach it to that. So like now I have two things, but yeah, like I had just hoop. Like if I didn't have hoop, like I was I was angry and and frustrated. Like I I, I didn't have any way of 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 dealing with any of that stuff. Um so it was just interesting how like we automatically tied that to like sports. So, and I just, I, I, I know I personally can say I can tie like emotions and, and processing and dealing with them to sports. Mm. Yeah. I think I've only, I've only ever been able to like really do that once. And the, oddly enough, like Kev witnessed it. Uh, that one time we played at Terrace, um, that random ass like court in Maniac. And it was some dude, I think it was more like all brown or something. I forget what was happening. I was having that was my summer of twenty ten. And whatever happened, like, this kid got all the work. Like, it was crazy. Uh, I've never played like that before, but I was just I was angry. Like I was I had a lot of stuff going on in my mental and my mind and you know, went out and played basketball and lit this kid up, like but I I, I typically don't I don't do that. I'm I'm a suppressor i'm a compress i'm a analyzer and then try to process it later and just you know let it go type type deal so and that's not good i, I know that now I, I was just gonna jump in and say i, I remember that night um 
and yeah, you gave him that work. And then I was going to say, you, you already got there before me. Like, you know, I used to be a suppressor, man. Like, I used to try and just be, I, I'm I'm pretty even killed guy for the most part. But, um, you know, you can, I, my buttons do have their, uh, their limit. And, um, you know, I, I, I would be the type that, you know, all right, yeah, all right, cool, whatever. Oh, all right, that happened? All right, yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is what it is. What'd you say to me? And then boom. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's on. It's on. So, like, I have had to try to work against that in reverse um, to try not to get there and kind of talk about stuff more in a, in a, in a moment or, or find more ways to just, you know, diffuse it instead of letting it pile up because, you know, I'm, I'm the type that it, – it, it was funny, but also uh, it wasn't really scary. I don't know, eh, maybe a little bit of both. The will thing I related to a lot because it's it's this it's sil- that's what makes it scary too for people though. You know, to be honest, but you know it's the silent stuff where it's like, all right, you let it rock, you let it rock, you let it rock, you let it rock. You laugh it off, you laugh it off, you do what you gotta do, you play your 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 public part. I think we've all learned to do that, um, a public part. And then um, at some point it's like. It's that last straw. It's the straw that broke the camel's back. Where it's like, and then you go from I'm laughing to now I'm like I'm I'm ready to fuck something up, and that's not good for anybody. So um, you know, it's uh it's work to to get um to deal with that to understand it's a thing. Um, you know, we all kind of alluded to. Unfortunately, there's not a place where when the first small thing comes, and if that bothers us. We can be just angry about it real quick in a quick burst, like, yo, that's fucked up. All right, I acknowledge it, now move on. I think if there was more place for that, if that was a more common thing, I think there wouldn't be the tendency to let things blow and boil um, or boil up until it, it, it blows over. So, like, or boils over. So, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the solution is, but I think that happens to a lot of us where we've grown accustomed to not feeling it in the moment and just putting it off to the back burner. And then you can only back burner so many things, you know, even the, the most impressive chef range stove only got like what, three burners on the back. And maybe you got three or four in the front. So eventually all them Jones going to fill up that pot fill, that pot fill, that pot fill, that pot fill, that pot fill. The next thing you put on there, you're going to have a problem now. And it might not even be the person that's in front of you. That's the, the result of the problem. Like they just might put one little thing in that pot. And now they're getting all of it. Kitchen fire. And that's unfortunate for the person that happens to be with you in that moment. And I just think that Chris Rock was the last one <laughs> in that moment. Like, he added to it, of course, but, like, he got that smack was for everything from everything. Like, that's probably ever happened to Will in a public forum. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's a obviously a right way and a wrong way to deal with things. But I, I kind of understand um, how that happened. Doc and Chris, we got to hear from y'all. I got something else to add too. Okay. Another thing, well, again, I, this is personal, but I feel like I feel like I know other people that that kind of do the same thing. Like when things happen and you want to speak on it, a lot of times you like question it or second guess it. Like, am I overreacting? Like maybe it's not as big of a deal as like I'm making it out to be, and that like may aid in like the suppression. Cause I know I, I, I act in that manner too. Like something may happen and I may not like it. And I just like, you know what? 
it may be I may be doing too much by by saying something about it. Maybe I just you know it's cool, and it may be something you know something else will happen in a pile on top of that, and I feel the same exact way. Again, I mean it's kind of similar to your to your pots, but it's just that that idea of overreacting, like that's that may not like and and I and I get it. You kind of got to pick and choose when it comes to things you got to respond to, but I feel like we got to choose a little bit more. Like, instead of, I'm going to let it slide. Because you let too many things slide, again, you just, you're kind of setting yourself up for a buildup to whereas something that may not even be an actual issue or a problem, again, will set you off. And then you, you got displaced anger um, and emotion going to, to somebody or something that necessarily didn't even need it or whatever. Um but I, I know that's something that I, I still struggle with from time to time. Like the idea of overanalyzing and overthinking about a situation. And I'm always questioning myself. Like I always look at myself like, yo, are you doing too much? When my initial innate reaction was that was that bothered me or that was a problem or I didn't like that. Like that was my natural reaction. I didn't think about it and then I didn't like it. It was naturally I didn't like it. But then when I go and try to process it, the first person I question is myself. And it's like, yo, are you doing too much? You might be. You know what? You might need to chill. You might need to let that slide. And then I let it slide a tad too many times. And then I'm going to bark up at a situation that I probably should have let slide. And it was kind of, I already let too many slide at that point. Nope, not doing it this time. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm saying something this time. When... So it's like, I, I feel like that, I feel like that plays into it too. But again, I think a lot of the things Kev said in the beginning kind of tie into that about like watching how you act in front of people, like certain people and stuff like that. And again, we, we always taught to take the higher road all the time. Like you never allowed to just like speak and react on something. You always got to be the bigger person. You always got to take the high road. And, and I'm going to be as frank as hell. Now, I hate being the bigger person. Like, I hate it. There's so many times in my life I've had to be the bigger person. In situations where I didn't need to be the bigger person. Like, in situations where I was not at fault or in the wrong or any anything like that, but I still had to, you got to take that high road or you got to be the bigger person. And suppressing that is it's very troublesome. Like, it's very troublesome. Like, I I understand the concept, but I fucking hate it. I hate it with a passion. Like, I, I actually hate the term taking the high road and being the bigger person. I hate both of them with a passion. Like, they're mild, they're mild triggers for me. They're very mild. Like, I'm not going to go off, but I'm definitely going to have to, like, I'm going to need a moment. Because I'm going to need to process that and bring myself back down. Because I, I cannot stand those terms. I, I really cannot. I fucking hate it. I've had to do it too many times in my life and too many situations where it really wasn't deemed. I wasn't deemed to be or had to. Yeah, I, f- I fucking hate it. I hate it. I don't want to give out the bad matches, everybody, but fuck being the bigger person. Like, fuck it. Like, that's how I feel. Fuck being the bigger person. I probably will still do it, wow. but fuck it. Like, I'm... I probably will still do it, but yeah, unfortunately, it's a trigger for me. It is. Yeah, when, when they go low, you gotta go high, man. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm gonna go high so you can't tackle me. Yeah, right. That's exactly why. Oh, it's sports. <laughs> you know what? I'm all for it, but like in life situations, 
man, fuck it. I I'm with you, bro. Wow. Chris, I'm more than the mild trigger. No bro. way, shape, or fashion promoting people to not be the bigger person. I'm speaking solely on my situation, my life experiences. I hate it. And even with me hating it, I still do do it to this day. But I do hate it. Fair enough. And it is a trigger, and I will need a moment if I have a conversation and somebody tells me I need to take the high road. I will need a minute. I will need a breather. And I just, anybody that ever said it, disrespect that. <laughs> disrespect that. That's, just that's give, give Rio his grace. Yes. Give Rio I, his I, grace. I, I will yeah. need some grace. I'm not a perfect person, but those phrases just do not work for me. They do not. They don't. Mm. Wow. Notice. So, so Rio, you, you'll probably like this. Uh, I always say when they go low, I need them in the mouth. Pick them in the freaking teeth. <laughs> That's not how it Get goes, serious. Chris. That's, not, that's how it goes, bro. That's, that's not how, how that goes. It's supposed to go. Chris they is go such low, a great high. That's how it's supposed Christian. to go. It's such a great bad. Christian. Michelle Obama didn't say the name in the mouth, Chris. That's not what she right said. It's right there for the taking. <laughs> no. Chris, I love them in the freaking teeth. Curb stomping people. Love it. Need them in the teeth, bro. That's not what she said. And need them, need them in the mouth, bro. Take him in the teeth. Knock the teeth out. <laughs> that being said, um, Rio mentioned that you know he lets things slide, and I probably should do better, bro. Cause I'm I I I always try to find fights, man. <laughs> like I'm always I'm always thinking, and like I analyze stuff. But I'm like, did they slight me? And if they do, I address it, <laughs> and I do it in a very professional manner. But you know, I, I, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm Petty LaBelle, bro. Like, you know, if, if I feel somebody sliding me, like I just, I just, I address it right then and there. Uh, just like you're right, things can build up, and as you mentioned, I'm the angriest on the call, uh, so I try to keep the anger level um, low. Uh, so if I feel like something needs to be addressed right then and there, I address it in a professional manner. Um, because if I let too many things slide. Bad things happen. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we you know, see. And, and people get kneed in ruined. the mouth. Yeah, people get kneed in the yeah, teeth. Like, Jeez. Like, like, Name like, in the teeth. Like, this serious. Like, this serious. Like, I've actually, like, you know, like, like burning some bridges with people over, like, you know, just feeling like I was slighted, you know? And, and, and I, I addressed the issue and probably come at it the wrong way. Um, so, anyway, uh, I will just Yo, before, before you move on, I want to ask a serious question, but along what you what you said when you when you have the conversation did they just slight me do you do you is that a conversation with yourself or do you literally talk to someone about like was i slighted or what 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 what, what's your opinion on what happened to me in this moment both so normally i i I analyze everything so it's a normally conversation for myself and then if you know I, i have people that that's in my circle that i trust uh, that I'll, I'll, I'll run it by my sister or my wife or like, yo, this is a situation. Um, should I address this? <laughs> you gotcha. know how I rock. <laughs> it's a simple phone call. So, I got you. Again, little things, which like probably are like, just like this, like somebody not returning my email. Like just somebody asked me a question and I always respond with an email and I never get response back. This is respectful. So I asked my peers, Hey, this other, this other manager, does he respond to your emails? Oh yeah, he always gives me response. I'm like, what the f's up with that? So, I, my natural inclination is not to give anybody grace, but to be like, hey, 
Mr. Uh, hey, it's here. Uh, I noticed that I send you responses. I never get it. I never get a response. To me, that's common courtesy to do so. Do we have an issue? That's slowly how I rock. He said, "Damn that Greece." I, I'm the same. I'm the same. I mean, I was the same. I'm trying to get better, Chris. But um, I'll definitely if I had a conversation with myself over and over and over. I just I end up hyping myself up. That's why I wanted to ask, like, you know, is it a conversation you, you talk with somebody else or is it yeah. an internal one? Because I'll definitely be like, yo, that shit was fucked up. Nah, it ain't finna. Let's get that by. That ain't, ain't, ain't going to happen no more. And now, boom. You know what I mean? Instead of just me yeah. like, yo, do you think I overreacted? Yeah, Kev, you overreacted. Bet. Okay. All right. Let me let me not think about that no more. Anyway, go ahead. I mean, I, I, I will say 10 times out of 10 times, my sister and, and my wife are like, yeah, you're just speaking the fight like you always do. So, and that's, that's kind of where I'll leave it at. I got you. You did describe yourself as I the Black Hulk, man. But, yeah. You did. So. That's what it is, bro. <laughs> so, anyway, um, Black Rage or Red Black Anger. Um, as, as Rio said, um, just, just like he, he mentioned – like basketball was like his release, you know. I think for 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 us African American men, like we have to have something that that is constructive, a constructive release, which is working out basketball, whatever it may be. For me, it's always working out. So, work out four times a week, and that is my way to to um I guess do something constructive with my my energy, <laughs> anger. Chris uh, is very people, angry people, then. Yeah, because people, you know, people people try me, man. So anyway. Uh, and that's all I got. So, yeah. So, uh, I think we have to have, you have to have, you have to have a way to, uh, to find a constructive release, um, of, of that, that anger, energy, whatever you want to call it, you know, music, you know, I know warrants and music myself as well. That's something that I, I put my energy into, uh, to make sure that I do not, um, I don't, <laughs> I don't go off shooting drive out to somebody that doesn't deserve it, I guess, you know, like, you know, like this, that's going off on somebody that when they don't deserve to, you know, <laughs> to, to get that, that energy. So. Did Chris just promote gun violence? When I talk about? I'm just saying, you, know, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, I know like, you're joking. You don't, you, you, yeah. You know. so, that's all I got. I'm done. Chris, let me ask you a question. Do you ever find yourself or have you ever found yourself saying, like, in the moment where you felt like you were wronged or you were upset, just verbalizing that, like, out loud to that person? All the time. Therefore, but but I, I will say that sometimes it's best if you 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 <laughs> you use your brain and uh, you you kind of don't react in that moment. Um, so you you take a step back. Um, you calm yourself down and you you reflect on what the situation was, because uh, like yeah, I think if if I feel like I'm being wrong in a professional work environment, I could go off on somebody and say some things that ain't professional, get in trouble, get written up, or I could just you know you know just take it at the face value, you know um, reflect on it, analyze it, and then address it later on when I when my head is clear. Uh, I feel like you you have that's the best way to do things, you know. Just period. You know, you don't want to flop the handle and say things that you can't take back. So, hopefully, that answers your question. So normally, I try to, you know, analyze it, and if I think it's appropriate to address it at the time, and I can do it with a clear head, I would do so. Um, but if I feel like I can't do it with a clear head, and you know, it's going to be out of emotion, I do try to take a step back and then, you know, 
you know, re recalibrate myself and then address it later on. Okay. Warren, what you got? Because I got a, one more thing, but. Okay. Um, I got a few things. So a mm. bunch of uh, quality comments and, and uh, shares. So thank you all for that. Um, I guess one of the things that I, I think starts for me just from the beginning, I guess, as I'm, as I'm thinking about this, hearing everybody's story, is that I recognize the experience that I have had is very different from everybody else's. Um, and I don't know if it's because I'm a first-generation American. Um, my parents were not born here, and I'm wondering if that has anything to do with it. So what I'm thinking about specifically is a lot of the mentions of um, you need to act a certain way in public. You need to make sure you do you know certain things. Dot dot dot. Um, I don't recall ever having those conversations, and I guess part of it could be that I have um, white cousins. I have you know family that look different. So I'm kind of led to believe that 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 same conversation that maybe was important for Americans here. Um, was an important conversation for us to have, right? I don't know if it, it was the same, um, but kind of to that end, what I'm thinking about is I get the sense that, I guess that the the shares of, you know, watch what you say and, you know, you got to conduct yourself a certain way that you guys have mentioned. I have to believe that it, it stems from slavery, right? I have to believe that because um, slaves needed to behave a certain way because if not, there was going to be punishment, right? There's going to be, there would be repercussions for their actions. So safety first being a mantra, uh, it makes sense to, to hear, all right, you need, like, make sure you, you conduct yourself a certain way, because if not, something might happen. So I'm sure people were telling each other that, but that's something that gets passed down because conducting yourself a certain way, whatever that identified way is, spoke to safety. So, you know, let's say I'm a slave um, and I have children, I'm going to make sure I tell my children, you, you need to, you know, act a certain way, don't, don't talk back, don't do all of these things, because I, as your parent, don't want you hurt. I want to make sure you're safe, and this is something I can give you as a takeaway to keep yourself as safe as possible. And I get the sense that that's something that was passed down, and it makes sense, right, and, and not saying that slavery is excuse me, not saying slavery exists in the way that it used to exist before, but I feel like the power dynamic is still something that can be felt in certain situations. So it makes sense to hear that some of the stories that, that you have had and that people have had is you need to behave a certain way in public because, you know, there's quote unquote more them than, than us and you need to be careful. Something else, uh, I think uh, there is an allowance in sports, kind of going to what you guys were mentioning about sports before. I think there is an allowance in sports because sports is just sports, right? Sports isn't usually about anything other than the game. So it's almost like all is fair in sports, right? Because, you know, you can scream, you can do whatever. And then, because even to, to kind of the examples you all were sharing, 
you hear these differences when somebody is talking about, like in a press conference, right, after the game, right, or when it's something separated from the actual game itself, when it's, you know, before the game or after the game, something about the game, but not necessarily the game, because the game people are talking trash, they're the showboating that you mentioned, right, all of these things are parts of the game, whatever the game happens to be, and it's all accepted, but as soon as the game is over, and I think, have you kind of spoke to this, like, you need to be vanilla, right, you need to, to adopt that different non-sports attitude because we're no longer in sports, right? And I think, I imagine it's similar to war, right? You don't behave like a warrior in the real world. You you just could, that's for war. And, and I think it's difficult because there's so much that goes into these interactions, like in sports and in war, that you immerse yourself in this. And if this is what you do, I can I can see how that could be a natural tendency to have. Not saying that I expect, you know, uh, people that were in war to come, you know, lose their mind at a grocery store. But I imagine the way you process situations are going to be different than, you know, your standard civilian, your standard regular person that doesn't have these same experiences. So I think I think there's something to that. But I think the sports piece is primarily because sports is its own contained existence where everything outside of the sports, the politics that go around the sports uh, is something else. Q, what you got? Real quick, it's funny that you mentioned that because even within sports, particularly basketball and to a certain extent football, and I can't really think of other sports where this is the same, but definitely in basketball, that's even like you're you can only express so much emotion. If you don't like a call, like you you gotta like bottle that up. If you can't you can't get upset, you can't curse, you can't be like what the is you can't Rasheed Wallace is a great example. He was getting in trouble for making looks. Referees interpreted threatening looks. If he didn't like a call, you know, refs were talking about, you're not going to intimidate me. Give him a tech. Like, so to a certain extent, it's like, even within sports, like it's, it's, it's not, you're not even safe in sports. You can't, you, you can get fouled by somebody and be upset about it, but you can't, show you can't demonstrate the trips and you can't get up and be like yo what was that about because that could be seen as like escalating something and then teams are clearing the bench and it you know so now we're throwing out texts and people are getting fined thousands of dollars based off of a reaction to a, 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 a legitimate concern you know what i mean like a legitimate feeling in that moment yes and I'm, i thank you for ending that with that because i think it's less about the lack of safety in sports I think it's about individual safety in a moment, right? Because we've seen some people will go on for minutes and minutes and they'll talk a ref's ear off. They'll follow them down the court like da 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 And the ref is just not even paying them any mind and just focusing on the game. And there are other refs that will have zero of that, right? You you even breathe near them, you're getting teed up. So I think I think you make a great point about the individual. And I think that, but I think that also goes back to this whole rooting in slavery or my, my curiosity about whether or not this is rooted in slavery, because if I as a person fear that something is going to happen to me and I can control that, I can, I can put something in place for that thing to not happen, I'm going to assert my power and make it so that that thing is not going to be something that I need to worry about. Like I'm going to assert my dominance for my own safety. So as an example, if I have a gun, and I don't want anybody, you know, I don't want any smoke. Like, I'm going to show you I got a gun because, oh, you were talking a whole lot of nonsense. Now that I show you this this firearm, 
you're not so you're not so big anymore, right? So I think I think it's less about sports. So to your example or to that that kind of piece you offered, I think it's less about sports and more about an individual how they feel in that space in that moment. Because Rashid Wallace, sure, six ten, intimidating, yeah. He's no more intimidating than other people. He's not the most intimidating person. I think there are other people that could do the same thing or be as intimidating without garnering the same kind of attention. But I, that, I think you're right. I think you you bring a good point about that. Um, I'm not going to take up too much uh, more airtime. Um, there is a part of me. So we identify as Black on this call, right? There's a part of me that wonders how much of this is like, is this a microscope or is this reality, right? We're talking about black rage. We're talking about black, black anger. I think there are definitely situations where we know historically and societally things are going on. But then I also wonder if part of this is the microscope with which we view it. Because I, I could believe that there are people of other insert, you know, groups here that may feel a certain type of attention that they receive in certain situations. Um, I don't know if it is more prevalent for Black people or it is highlighted more because kind of going back to what we were thinking about earlier about if this is something that we've been carrying and holding on to for years and we've been trying to find ways to express it and we don't feel that we can express a thing and it comes out, look at them expressing the thing, right? So. I don't know if the black anger thing or the black rage thing is any more any any more separate, any more isolated than rage and like marginalization and how there's rage that comes from being marginalized or left out or separated or not included or what have you. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm right or wrong. I I wonder about that because I know the five of us definitely see it from a very certain lens, but is it? our bias that may be taking taking control. Kev, what you what you got? Yeah, I just wanted to jump in on that because um I, I agree. I think some of it to an extent is the you know there's generational trauma that gets passed down in stories and things you read um where obviously you know black men and, and black people in general have had a difficult time um in this country historically um in expressing themselves and um and being heard or or being heard with an equal voice so there's those kind of comments and sentiments that get passed down through through the years and you know quite frankly like being a bit of an outsider you know being first generation um not an outsider not that you're an outsider now but i think being outside of that lineage of, of, of conversation allows different perspective where it's like, all right, like maybe some things aren't as bad as like we've been taught. Like maybe there's opportunity for change. But when you have that generational, 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 generation, it's tough to break that cycle. Um, it, it's tough to, to kind of change and to feel like, you know, I can be normal here. Absolutely. Because, you know, we've been taught so long that you got to okay. act different. Don't act that way in front of white folks. That's something that every I feel like every black kid has heard that sentence from a mom, a aunt, a grandma, a older teacher at some point in their life. And it's like, well, damn, why not? Like, it's, you know, there's 67 percent of the population. Like, I'm not supposed to be myself 67 percent of the time. Like, when do I get to be myself? And um, and that could 
honestly stunt people's growth if you don't know how to manage it. And even the thing about managing it, I have to manage my the perception. I have to manage someone else's perception of me, right? So even when I'm working on me, I'm working on how you view me. So like, it's extra work, and um, it's just a lot. Um, you know, some would say, depending on the side of the tracks you stand on or, or your viewpoints on this, that is programming, right? And the social programming that has worked for I don't know hundreds of years for 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 you know this construct that that happened under slavery. And yeah, it, it'd be interesting to see how much of it is actually, and I don't know how you do this study, but to your point, like how much of it is a real, a real thing today still being applied in the same way? Obviously, not talking about police brutality and that kind of, that's its own thing. But in day-to-day life, you know, I don't know, man, like the, the, the quickness with, what, with which people call the police on black folks and the, the force in which police tend to respond and the lack of care. I know this is a separate kind of conversation, but like it, it normally centers around, oh, this my black neighbor was yelling at his girlfriend or was, you know, angry about whatever thing and he got loud and it, that loudness was above my tolerance level. Now I'm calling the cops and the cops show up and then we've had that story. Now, mo- the great many times the cops show up and, you know, probably mostly I, I'm assuming nothing happens, but the times when things do happen, um, you know, we've we've had those those incidents where you know it's pain, it's more pain and it's more reason for it. That's what happens, right? It's a cycle. Thing happens, they respond maybe perhaps too aggressively, and now it's like, well, damn, I really can't express myself. Like I'm not I'm not ever going to act out in public because I don't want somebody to take it the wrong way. And then boom, now I'm the, I'm the next I'm the next name. I'm the next protest. So it, it's it's really tough. It's a tough space to kind of figure out what really is applicable to me versus what I see in the media and like in my day-to-day experience is it safe for me to, to it might feel like taking a risk is it safe for me to take these risks to explore expressing myself and being vulnerable in this space where it may not be it may be it may have an adverse reaction for me so it's hard to really that's a study um perhaps that's a, a doctoral paper like I don't know how you get those answers um and frankly, I'm not sure how willing I am. I'll do it in a safe space, right? To be vulnerable, to to feel more, to express more. But like, I'm not going to go to a restaurant, you know, and express myself if something goes wrong in front of a, a crowd, right? If something goes wrong in the restaurant, I'm probably going to get up and leave. You know, Quan has seen me do that. Um, <laughs> but I'm not going to make a scene. I'm just, all right, cool. Y'all got it. Um, it's 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 tough to kind of to to figure out that place like you I, w- I would like to know yo i don't gotta feel that way you know and then feel confident about making that decision when a term is like damn i just saw this on the news again like this is still a thing that happens i just heard about so-and-so this is still a thing that happens so like where the sweet spot is it's tough and that and that very thing itself makes it hard you know that you can be angry about that having to make that very decision of can i feel 100 percent human because that's what we're talking about can I have normal human emotions? And when you get to the point where it's like, this is not a safe space for me to be a human, then what do you have? So, you know, I'm, I'll stop there and go to Quan. Yeah, I mean, Kev, I think you're um, 
you're right. You bring some very valid points. I mean, sometimes even within the household, you're not allowed to be yourself. You know, you, you bet not cry. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, and you know, you don't get, you don't get, a, you don't always get to have a say. You don't get to, to fight for yourself. Um, you were talking about the police brutality and it's interesting because the, um, just today, like, uh, the Amir Locke situation where the, the SWAT broke into the, well, it was a no-knock warrant. They go in, guys sleep on the couch. He doesn't, he doesn't even get to have the opportunity to defend himself. Like, he is immediately perceived as a threat. Now, I understand from the police aspect, they were going in expecting to find individual A. It could have been individual A. They didn't know. They saw a gun. They reacted. But even still, at the end of the day, an individual was in an apartment, sleep on the couch, and people barged in, and he doesn't even have the ability to defend himself. He can't. He's not allowed to. And that, to me, that's it just kind of speaks to the same thing. It's like, we can't, we're not allowed to have our emotions for ourselves. We can't be afraid. We can't be scared. We can't be angry. You know, we are only allowed, you know, to present ourselves in these very specific ways. Um, and that, that kind of speaks to another situation that I encountered in the workplace where, you know, I was wronged I, and I, I knew it and other people in, in my department knew it as well. And so naturally I was upset. And one of the things that I do when I when I get upset is I kind of just shut down and a lot of my energy, my high energy that I bring and, you know, brightens up the room and all kind of stuff. I just bring that down just to kind of manage my emotions in a way that kind of conveys the message that like, look, I'm not happy, but I'm not trying to make a scene either. And this was this became an issue for my staff to the point that I was like brought in and I was asked to not do that and i'm and i'm sitting here like so i get wronged and now you're telling me that i can't be upset about it and then there was some backpedaling like no i mean i understand that you're upset but you know part of being a professional is and i'm like part of being a professional is not wronging your employees so one of the things that I, i've had to learn as an adult black male that is mature is that you have to learn how to fight for yourself in those moments. I think when I was younger, I oftentimes would just kind of like Maria was speaking of earlier, kind of doubt myself and say like, am I, am I overreacting? Let me just, let me take a second. Let me, let me bring it in. Let me analyze it. Let me work with it a little bit and then let me try to process. But I find that with myself a lot of times is that then it gets it becomes harder to then bring up a grievance or bring up an issue after the fact. It's when it's in that moment, when it's real, when it's tangible, when it's right there and you can speak to it and everyone understands what's going on, that's when it has the most validity, the most power. And for me, not being able to speak to it in that moment is an opportunity where I'm not fighting for myself where I'm allowing somebody else to have the narrative, have the conversation instead. And oftentimes I'm looked at as like, oh, you're cool with that, right? And for the good of the group, you're naturally like, oh, yeah, it's fine, no problem. I'll, I'll figure something out. When in reality, you're not fine. And that's not okay. And figure, being the better version of yourself to say, 
just speak up for yourself and say, no, I'm not happy. And I'm allowed to be upset. And if me being upset is a threat to you, then that's a conversation that we can possibly have. But really, that's that's an issue that you have, because there's nothing wrong with me being upset if I've been wronged. There's nothing wrong with me being sad if something sad has happened. Like these are natural things. And to try to deny anyone's ability to emote appropriately, you you then create trauma because that person now has to has to like internally wage a battle with themselves over how they feel. And that's going to then, you know, manifest itself in other ways about how they express themselves, you know, in, in any other capacity. You know, we could take Rio's example. I could have a, a, a bad argument with my wife. I go out on a basketball court and I would an elbow somebody and broke their nose. Like, not because I was mad at them, but because, like, I just had that intensity in that moment and I was just frustrated and angry that I didn't get a rebound. And so I, I finally get this rebound and I'm clearing out extra excessive. I mean, that's 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 that, like Rio said, that's that displaced, you know, anger. And, you know, as opposed to being able to adequately and appropriately in that moment have a safe space. And I guess that that's that's what we're really talking about, right? If we're trying to to change this this narrative is creating safe spaces for yourself. You know, healthy environments where you can completely be your unfiltered 100% authentic self is important. It, it's mandatory, you know? Go ahead, Warren. Yeah. I was so thank you for bringing that up. I was going to that was one of the notes that I had made for myself. Um, so safe, safety is important. And I think a lot of what this conversation has been around is the fact that we recognize we don't always feel safe, right? This is, I, I think the short story is that we don't feel safe. And that is why there is a conversation about not feeling like we can express a certain way. We can't emote a certain way. And the reality is, we can. Um, and some points that have been made earlier, um, you know, kind of real what you said earlier about overreacting. Um, the, the problem is, and, you know, a bunch of people have mentioned this or spoken to this, but when we start really kind of super and hyper analyzing what we're doing, we change what's going on. Like we've added more to the mix. Right. So this and this feeling that I had, like I QT well said, I mean, you can be sad, you can be angry, you can feel all the feelings. And you're right. If we don't express these things in the moment, they will become worse. They will grow. They will, you know, kind of fester and end up being this other thing that we weren't ready to deal with. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm always going to advocate for someone to express themselves. So for me, this is this is the be the measure that I use. If I don't if if I'm feeling a thing, and I don't tell you because I'm concerned how you're going to take that or or receive that information, is that more important than? what I now have to carry with me because I didn't share it. I'm always going to be the person to tell you that you need to advocate for yourself. You have to put yourself first. It, it is going to, you need to be your, your top priority. 
So if you don't conduct yourself in a way that's going to be beneficial for you and what you need, you make it worse for everybody else that gets you, that has to 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 interact with you. So Q, like you're saying, if as an example, if you have a a, um, a disagreement with your wife and you know things just feel weird and you just try to suck it up because that's what you know you're gonna do for the good of the cause, and then later then you elbow somebody in the face, then someone has a broken nose because you didn't say something, right? And it feels like, oh, that's like, I didn't mean to hit this dude that hard. Like, I, that wasn't the plan. That wasn't what I meant to do. So we need to kind of get better at recognizing what is important for us. We have to do what matters for us. So if it means saying, yo, Kev, like, like, uh, like I'm angry at you. Like, you said something that bothered me and I, you know, we're cool. I just, I need to let you know this because I don't want this to be something that comes up later. So can we just kind of push through it now and just deal with it? Great. And we're good. Then we, we take care of that. So the next five and six times that I see him, I'm not thinking about, I should have said something or, you know, like this thing is kind of growing, like the seed is planted, it's being watered, you know, it's getting the sunlight and then it grows into this monster plant that you then have to, to kind of take care of. So yeah, I just wanted to make sure to put that out there. Um, we have to, we have to be better at expressing. And I, I offer that the consequences that we face when we don't are far greater than the consequence of, of saying whatever we said and then making that you know three-minute conversation uncomfortable. It sounds like a solid final thought. Is that, is that an accurate statement? Sure. Um, I'll follow with... Um... Yeah, I, I'm. You gotta be able to advocate for yourself um, first and foremost, but also creating a safe space for yourself. You know, um, ideally, you I would imagine that would be in your home. So if if there's turbulence, if there's chaos, if there's you know whatever at at the home, you know, obviously you can't then have a safe space there. So it's important to like get those things in order and sometimes they take time they can be um uncomfortable and awkward you know phases and periods through that um but it's it's critical because who we are at our core level you know is impacted every day when we step outside of our home and our home is the only place where we in theory are able to like let go of things that are going on in the outside world um and if we're still holding on to things, even though we're at home, that means the only place that we can actually find comfort is when we're sleeping. But when we're sleeping, we're unconsciously dealing with all of that stuff that's that's going on the entire time. And so we can't even get sleep. And so like all these things manifest themselves in, in, in sicknesses and, you know, uh, insomnia or sometimes even cancers. I don't know that to be a fact, but like. You know, you can you can hold on to so much stress and anxiety in your body that it physically starts ailing you and like impeding your ability to be well. So it's important to, you know, create and nurture and foster safe spaces, you know, within within your immediate environment so that you can, if nothing else, just be yourself. That's all I got. Q, let me just jump in on that. Um, I think you're right. I, I, I agree with you completely. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention as a caveat is some people don't have the home the home environment for a safe space. 
So I want to make sure to, to mention that a safe space is a, a safe space does not have to be a physical location, right? A safe space can be a person. A safe space can be, you know, whatever it is you need to kind of get you into that place. Kind of what Quan was talking about, where you can feel like you can can be yourself to to let out whatever you need to let out. So maybe this is a friend, maybe this is a, a loved one, maybe this is, you know, going to an amusement park, maybe like to Rio, you know, going to the court, right? Whatever, say wherever you need to get what you need out, out, um, find that safe space. And, and the hope is that wherever we spend most of our time or we're most vulnerable, which is usually in our homes, we can make that safest space for us. But if we can't, remember that safety also comes from people and from, you know, from other things. So if you can't find it in, a specific location, find it where you can, maybe in someone else. Could it be in a journal or diary? Absolutely, absolutely. I, I will always encourage folks to journal, um, to talk to folks if they can, uh, but a, a lot of times it's better out than in. Um, when you get things off of your chest, out of your head, you give more space for other things, right? It's kind of like storage. You know, Take these things, these recurring thoughts out of your brain, put them on paper, share them with someone that's gonna listen, and then you have time to, you know, the capacity to process things that, you know, may be more important or more necessary in that moment. But yeah. The one thing to add, when they go low, kick them in the teeth. That's all I got. Brought us back down. Thanks, Chris. That That's what I do. That's what I'm here for. I'm going to stay in the same place because my final thought is <laughs> fuck being the bigger person. My man, Rio. That's why I love you. <laughs> fuck oh, boy. Fuck it, fuck it, fuck it, fuck it. Can can I can I just can I just um slightly add to that and kind of change the perspective for for it, Rio? Sure, I guess. So again, I think I've mentioned this before. I'm a fan of letting systems fail, but that's also because I'm a fan of holding others accountable. So in certain situations, it shouldn't be that I need to be the bigger person if you're not holding up your end of the bargain. So holding you accountable means in this situation because i've done nothing wrong because this is not my fault i this this isn't about me this is about you i need you to be the bigger person so i'm not always going to be the bigger person unless i have to be unless i'm supposed to be if i'm not supposed to be then that's somebody else's responsibility that's okay you just given a pc way of saying fuck being a bigger person but right. I'm, I'm okay with it because we're okay. saying the same thing we are just yours is politically correct and mine's isn't let's so, try to reframe it for people so they don't just right. say it was there was the listen, reframe for yeah for people let's go with kwan's thought let's no. go with, let's no, no, it's, it's you it's you let's yes. hold people accountable and, and and tell them they need to be the bigger person mario says fuck being the bigger person okay fuck it nope I'm just not going to do it. Nope. I like it. I'm just Love not going to do it. But Love it. for all you listeners, do what – I'm not doing anything good right now. Just do what <laughs> Quan says. Like, we'll just, just go with that one because I'm not doing anything good. But I'm not going to change my stance. I'm not. So just He does. He's still working on me too. But let's, let's just do what Quan says. We'll go with that. Just do what Quan says. Yeah. I think this might be the point where we tell you guys to tell a friend to tell a friend. Absolutely. And you can listen to us just about anywhere podcasts are listened to. Um, we love you guys. And until next time.